We are in week number four of the life of Joshua, fear or faith, and uh, Cameron is going to be taking us into Joshua chapter one. We've been in the lead up to the book of Joshua, and last week Samuel jumped forward a bit to chapters six and seven, I believe, and so now Cameron is grounding us back in the beginning of the book of Joshua, and so uh, Cam, I'm, I'm just going to come pray for you actually. And uh, then Christine is going to read the word for us. So, Father, thank you for um, the word that you put on Cameron's heart uh, for this uh, Sunday morning. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak uh, your word through him, to him as he listens and delivers. And we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive this, the rhema word that you, the, the, the personal now word that you would want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Christine. Today's reading is from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. The Lord commands Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River and into the land that I'm about to give to them, to, in the, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will expand from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell, you, tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the, Lord, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. And until, they, have to, until they, they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, 
Whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and whatever you, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you, as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Today's a wonderful day. Isn't it? Yeah? Today's a wonderful day. Um, it's my privilege today to share to you um, what's been a really interesting delve into one of the, probably the more famous passages of the Bible. And I'm really excited, I'm really terrified, I'm really nervous, uh, and I'm really looking forward to letting the words of God speak through to me and into all of you. Um, isn't it funny how if Luke comes and brings a, like a glass of water on stage, no one blinks. If there's, like, if there's some bread and wine, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's, that's normal. But as soon as someone comes and brings a tub of yogurt and starts eating it when they preach, you're all thinking, how does this link in? <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's to do with like how there's like good gut bacteria or something in here, but Jesus is like the... The, the best bacteria for your whole health? No. Maybe Cameron forgot to have breakfast. So when I was um, younger, we had this, um, this farmer's box thing where we would get... Um, now I'm getting yogurt on my beard. Yep. Um, we had this, this farmer's box that delivered um, fresh fruit, veggies, that sort of stuff. And I think it started delivering yogurt at one point. And usually the yogurt's pretty nice. It was like honey-flavoured or blueberry-flavoured. But there was one time when it was um, natural Greek yogurt. Now, I don't know about you guys, but natural Greek yogurt is it's not nice. <laughs> it tastes like health. <laughs> like, it's up there with a handful of kale or, like, cucumber water or something like that. Um, and I was told by, I think, one of my parents, my mum and my dad, happy birthday, mum, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I was told by them that... It, this, this yogurt, it was probably my dad, um, this yogurt is really good for you, it puts hairs on your chest. Um, now, I don't know if when I heard that I was literally thinking, I don't think I was literally thinking, yay, awesome, if I eat this I'll get hairs on my chest. But part of me was thinking, okay, I should probably be eating this, it's, it's healthy, it's good for me. And so I tried, and I tried to kind of eat it for a little while as like a thing. I, I, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I actually just ate it by the spoonful or I like put it on wheat beaks or something like that. But I did eat it for a little while, um, knowing that n- number one, it's not very nice, but I know it's going to be good for me. I know it's going to do something, do something good, hopefully, and we'll see. Um, okay, how do we begin now? Um, so I thought I'd like to start off by sharing the three biggest things that I think Joshua 1 is all about. Um, I'm just going to put this yogurt away. Um, so, number one, it's not about Josh. Number two, encourage. And number three, M Nu L. Obviously, this makes so much sense to all of you because you're all much smarter than me. So, I should probably just stop talking. No, no I'm going to keep talking. Um, so, number one, it's not about Josh. Fun fact the earliest record of the use of a nickname is about the 15th century. So, Josh. Poor old Josh, he um, has to stick with his weirdly three-syllable name. Can you believe it? Joshua, three syllables for such a short name. Um, for, he has to stick with that for a little while. 
The book of Joshua tells us the stories of the Israelites, their conquest of Canaan, and, of course, their leader Joshua, son of Nun. And this Joshua, he's kind of impressive. Some might even say more impressive than Moses, or even the new Moses. Um, so let's just take a step back to kind of see what has brought us to that point. Um, so when we, we've traveled through the first five books of the Bible, this is known as the Torah or the Pentateuch. Uh, book one is Genesis, and I've put up here, so Genesis, it's also known as In the Beginning. How cool is that? Like, just the name of the book in Hebrew is In the Beginning. Um, it saw the early exploits of humanity and the formation of God's holy people, the Israelites. Now, book two, Exodus, um, in Hebrew it's called Names. The Israelites are in a bad place and they're in need of a saviour. Along comes the hero of the story, and that hero is... Moses, yes. And if you've ever watched a TV show or a movie or read a book, you'll easily recognize that Moses is the chosen one. He's the main character. He's the one who's going to save the day. It takes a while, though. We get through Exodus and we make our way into Leviticus. We then go into Numbers and we go into Deuteronomy. What has changed? Four books, one hero, and one main mission in mind. Reaching and entering the promised land. How does that go? Well, Moses dies. <laughs> and honestly, he's kind of a bummer. Having this glorious five-part series ending on such a low note. Um, but then we get to meet Joshua. And right from the get-go, we know that he means business. His first act is to tell everyone that the time has come, we're going into the land. And spoiler alert, they succeed-ish. Um, so, why am I then telling you that it's not actually about Joshua? I mean, he'll be conquering cities, he'll be crossing rivers, he'll be leading a great military force. He's arguably more successful than Moses. Well, it's because the earlier books of the Bible aren't about Moses either. The actual first thing that Joshua does in this chapter is not go to war, it's actually speak to God. It says, after the death of Moses, God says to Joshua, he says, My servant is dead, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. It's God calling the shots and leading Joshua where he wants him to go. God doesn't say, go and take the land. He says it's a gift for them. Joshua is a man. He's just a man. But he's a man who listens to and obeys what God is calling him to. Now, listening to God isn't like accidentally being tricked into eating healthy yogurt, but God does know what's good for us, and he does have a plan for us. And maybe the yogurt is just a small part in the grand scheme of getting a hairy chest. Joshua's instruction in obeying might seem huge and irrelevant to most of us, but God calls us to obedience in the same way, through little nudgings and reminders. Joshua is the story of God the hero of not only this book, but of the whole of the Bible. And it's a story of how God works with, talks to, and supports his people. Um, speaking of support, that leads me to my second point, encourage. Um, who here remembers their first day of a new job? It's like there's the nervousness of not quite knowing how things work. The noticing of like co-workers who've already formed these like tight cliques and the embarrassment of having to ask questions like, um, can I get the Wi-Fi password? 
I've worked in a few different schools over the years, and I can tell you that as a music teacher, um, in a big school, it can be really easy to feel completely out of your depth. Fear can take over. You might be afraid you might stuff up, afraid you might be outed as not good enough, afraid you won't fit in, afraid you'll accidentally whack a kid with a trombone. Is that just me? Who here has started a new job as the boss, though? I haven't, but I can imagine it's pretty much like this, but magnified tenfold. Now, fear is a part of our life. Fear is a part of everyone's life and part of everything, and it can have its uses, but ultimately it drags us down. It limits us and it blinds us. We just look back to Moses. What was the reason for the 40 years in the wilderness, the not entering the promised land, the hardship and the trial? It was fear. Fear that they couldn't do what God said they could. Now, Joshua has just stepped into his new new leadership role, CEO of Israel Limited. Granted, he's been groomed for this role. He knows the people and he has the most experience for the position. But he's still competing with fear. And he's got big shoes to fill. This guy Moses, he brought his people out of slavery, kept them going through thick and thin. He was played by Charlton Heston, Ben Kingsley, and voiced by Val Kilmer. So how does it go? What does Joshua say? So he orders his people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Joshua tells his officers exactly what God called him to say. And he does so without fear, without question. He doesn't kind of go, oh, God, God, God says it's probably time now. Should we, should we try? Should we try? No, he just says, this is happening. But we know this works because of the response. So at the end of the, this um, chapter, they, the officers respond and they say, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you command them, they will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Now, last um, term, I did this excellent biblical studies course um, alongside Clayton. Happy birthday, Clayton, by the way. Um, Where we looked through how to read the Bible. And we used fancy words like hermeneutics and exegesis and eisegesis. But the one thing that stood out to me, ironically, um, was that the authors of the Bible were very careful in making sure the important bits stood out to the readers. Be strong and courageous. You can't talk about Joshua 1 without talking about be strong and courageous. A good little Torah reader who um, follows God's commands in Joshua 1.8, which says, um, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it night and day, they will undoubtedly recognize the phrase, be strong and courageous, from the end of Deuteronomy, where Moses speaks to Israel and he tells them that, and then he actually speaks it to Joshua. It's about affirming his succession. So at this point, Joshua has heard, be strong and courageous from Moses. He then hears it from God at the beginning of Joshua 1, and he hears it from his generals. Joshua is competing with fear, but he has the greatest weapon to combat that. He has faith. This faith isn't blind, it isn't weak or misplaced. The faith is strong and it's courageous. And this might be a bit silly, it might seem a bit silly, but he has this courage because he's been encouraged. 
Encouragement from those around us and from God produces faith, and we can lift ourselves up and others out of fear and have trust in what God is calling us to do when we are being encouraged. So God is the main event, he's the hero of the story, and it's through encouragement of God and others that Joshua has faith to do what God says. What's missing now is the big why. M nu L. That's Hebrew, by the way. Well, it's the, the English translation of the Hebrew, because if I put the weird symbols up there, then it'd look like gibberish, but this still looks like gibberish. Um, now, from my very, very, very limited studies of ancient Hebrew, largely driven by Google and podcasts, I can tell you one thing. It's weird. That's all I know. Um, I mean, I know that, but also I know the fact that these three words begin at the beginning, or appear at the beginning of Matthew's Gospel. So Matthew's Gospel, it tells the story of um, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came and his mother, Mary, was pledged to marry Joseph. Before they came together, found her pregnant. Um, I'm just going to skip ahead to the end where it says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. M nu L, with us God, is the Hebrew for Emmanuel, God with us. Now, today's a wonderful day. I've already said that, haven't I? Today, we get to celebrate as a church and as a family the amazing decisions that five people are going to and really have already made. This decision is largely a recognition of one big truth, a truth that permeates through the entire Bible, the truth that God is with us. I mean, it's so prevalent. Like, you look back to Genesis, the very beginning in the Garden of um, Eden, where God is actually physically with Adam and Eve. Um, and then Genesis 31, God tells Jacob, I will be with you. Um, and then we've got Exodus 3, 12, where God tells Moses, I'll be with you, and this will be the sign that you sign to you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God in this mountain. I could go on and on. There are so many moments of where God is with us, but it all comes to a big point and all points towards Jesus at the end of the gospel according to Matthew in his ascension where he fulfills the promise that God makes to his people. So Matthew 28, 20. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A few days ago, I was um, looking around home for some boxes that the Billabong Kids guys were going to use um, today, and I actually came across this necklace. Um, you'll, you can all see it really clearly from where you are, right? There we go. Yeah, it's a nice little necklace. Um, I got this uh, like over 15 years ago, I think, as a present, um, and I haven't seen or thought about it in years. Um, it was a sort of necklace that I thought was like it was super cool. It was something like I would wear as a as a preteen or early teenager, um, and it's, it's really cool. Um, on the back, it's actually got a Bible verse that says, um, Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous, don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you may go. I'd forgotten that for so long I had this verse around my neck. I would have read it countless times growing up, and it was a good reminder for the, to a preteen Cameron that God is with me. Sometimes we need reminders, and as such... I've actually organized for all of you a little reminder. So on your chairs, you would have seen a couple of cards. Um, if you didn't get one, don't worry, there's plenty at the back. Um, my challenge for you is to hold on to one of those. Put it in your wallet, in your phone, on your card dashboard, wherever. Have it somewhere that you might come across it. It doesn't need to be like 
stuck on your chest. It doesn't need to be kind of like stuck on your glasses. You don't need to be able to see it all the time, but somewhere where you can come across it. And I hope that one day you come across it like I came across my necklace. Now, this card is not magical. It's not spiritual. It's nothing fancy. I mean, it's, it's a little bit fancy. It's a little bit embossing. But hopefully it reminds you of God's promise. Hands up who got more than one card on their chair, though. Everyone. Yeah, I put, I put at least two on every chair. Just as we need encouragement, we also need to encourage others. There might be like someone in your heart, like a member of the Billabong family that you're close with, but you haven't seen at church for a while. Maybe a brother or sister who's struggling, or a friend you're never going to give up on. Give them a spare. Give them your second one, but with no strings attached. They can chuck it in the bin. They can frame it on the wall. They can do anything they want with it, but it's the act of showing them that God is with them by giving it to them. And so are we. That might spark something amazing. So I'd love to finish up today um, with a bit of a prayer. Um, It's going to come up on the screen, um, and I'd love it if we could all say this together. So, loving Father, we praise you that you have shown yourself faithful to us, your people throughout all generations. Help us to be strong and courageous. Help us to encourage others, knowing that God is with us wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.